With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now for the first time in 391 days, Jacob deGrom will stride to a major league mound. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is actually Wednesday, August 3rd. We are not recording a morning episode. It's the night of the final game. We're getting it in tonight. The Mets took two out of three from the Nationals. Uh, They got a full head of steam heading into a huge set with the Atlanta Braves. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me right after SNY postgame is the grinder himself, Jerry Blevins. Jerry, how'd it go this weekend, or I guess this week? Ah, it was great, man. It's uh, always good to be in New York City, man. I love it. Uh, I love it. I I did the three games in Chicago, three games here. I'm ready to go home, see my family. Uh, but this has been – it's awesome. Plus, the Mets are playing great. Uh, return of DeGrom, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, plenty of good stuff to talk about, trade deadline talk. We're doing it at night because I got fun warehouse stuff to do in the morning. Jerry's got his flight, so we figure let's just do it now. Get it all done. Yeah, we had the weird the, the weird four o'clock start time. So I couldn't get any late night flights out. And uh it's not a it was like a fake day game. So yeah, that's what they call it. That's what one of my coworkers at SNY calls it a fake day game because it kind of is. Yeah, Gary and uh, Keith didn't really know what to call it either. Gary was like, is it a day game? Is it a night game? No yeah. one was really sure. Um, but plenty to talk about here. I think we'll dive right into the recaps. That's cool with you. Let's get it. All right, man. I got game one as always. Uh, so the Mets went into this one with a win streak at hand. Five game win streak going into this one. Josh Bell's RBI double in the first grabbed an early run for the Nats off Scherzer. This is when the Nats still had Josh Bell and another guy named Juan Soto. We'll talk about that. Uh, the Mets were able to respond swiftly once again, keeping the line moving, which is what they've been doing when the offense has been working. So that was nice to see. Alonzo drew a walk. Canis uh, got a single. So that set the stage with two outs. McNeil and Nito smack RBI singles to re-grab that lead. And then Nimmo reaches on an RBI single and Marte singles home another run. Uh, later on, Pete sneaks his 20 seventh home run of the year off Patrick Corbin. This one goes to left field for the four to one lead. Didn't really look like it was getting off uh, when he first hit it, but uh, maybe it's that juice ball. Maybe it's making a comeback. Who knows? Uh, Scherzer retires seven in a row, but then he runs into Juan Soto, who promptly hits a dead center solo shot off him, his last Nationals home run, which is crazy. Uh, Garcia adds an RBI single to make it a one-run game in the fourth. Uh, With two outs, though, Nimmo doubles and Marte is hit by a pitch uh, when Steve Ciszek is on the mound. That's what he likes to do against our New York Mets. He doesn't do it to Lindor again this time, though. This time, Lindor gets him, gets his revenge with a three-run homer to left field, an absolute moonshot. Uh, So that gives the Mets a comfortable lead. Max Scherzer... He was able to battle through that unearned run, turns in a solid effort against his former team. Six and two-thirds, two earned runs, six hits, two walks, five strikeouts, one home run on 105 pitches. That ERA goes up to 
one three pretty freaking solid if you ask me uh joelli and Otto sealed the, uh, the game they grabbed the final seven outs easily the mets get a pretty kind of calm win here seven to three they go five for ninth runners in scoring position another solid offensive effort nimmo turns in a four hit game after his slump kind of ended with that miami home run uh multi-hit games for alonzo mcneil and canna as well and the mets get a much needed win to add to their win streak seven to three they take game one good win uh max scherzer didn't have his best stuff. He talked about um, after the game, in the post game, he talked about how the fastball doesn't feel right out of his hand, um, and he still dominates. Six and two thirds gives up the the home run, but uh, two runs. Great job. He's he's phenomenal. He's a uh, future Hall of Famer. Um, great job by Nimmo. That was huge. Uh, that was awesome to see. And then this is. This is it. This was it for for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. So really weird vibe at the ballpark the next day. Kind of seemed like a lot of fans didn't know that they had just traded away maybe the best player of our generation because Nats fans still showed up. A lot of Mets fans there too. But uh, when the Nats scored, they were pretty loud. Honestly, well, they, they got chance to, they going. got to see it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then the the one big thing that I wanted to touch on that again, not a lot of people probably saw post game. Francisco Lindor on the field mentioned something that C-Sheck threw off his first pitch. He had just hit Marte, and then he threw the first pitch up and in. And you can watch it, and he kind of replays that in his head. And he said he was a little scared, had to breathe through it, uh, works himself to a 2-0 count, and then goes down, gets a fastball away down off C-Sheck, and hits it to left center for a home run. Unbelievable. Like to overcome that mental obstacle to literally stick your face back down there and go get that ball. Incredible. Definitely like weird. It's weird to think about because C-Shack isn't pumping like crazy. It's still 90 miles per hour. It's coming in hot, but it's not, you know, a flamethrower of the league. But it's because of that prior experience that, you know, you develop that flashback that Lindor might have had. But uh, kudos to him. Stayed in the box. I'll tell you what, man, at 90 miles an hour, you go stand into, uh, go and in, get into the, the batting cage and stand in front of it, ready to get out of the way. I'm telling you, 90 miles an hour is, a, you know, a life changer, especially after you've gotten hit. I think but, I'll stay at a uh, 75. I think I'm good. There you go. All I was right. just going to say, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, I was super impressed that, that he a, talked about it because that's a huge mental hurdle. You think about, I got hit by a comebacker a bunch of times in my career. One broke my arm. Um, towing the rubber and getting back on there and throwing a ball that could be hit back it's 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 a it's an obstacle and he cleared his cleared his mind like you could watch it i watched it in breaking down video we actually didn't get to show it because vince scully passing you know r.i.p to the legend of vince yeah, scully really. but uh, we didn't have chance to get to it but to overcome that to step back in there you can see him like take a deep breath clear his head and then get back in there uh big bid hat uh, big tip of the cap. Yeah, for sure. So what do you like to see from the guy you're paying out big bucks? Game two? Game two. Game two. The return of Jacob deGrom. Or I should call it the Jolly Jinx because he was there. Some say wow. it's his fault that the team ends up losing. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't. Not me. Not me personally. Okay, cool. It's just, just the, people. The, the, yeah. DeGrom, after 13 months off, over 390 days-ish before he towed the rubber again, we get to see him. That was the biggest storyline of the entire series. DeGrom return. Is he going to be great? How, how's he going to feel? 
first pitch, 100. Third pitch, 102. He was dominant. He lost a little bit of feel there in the fourth inning. Um, Changeup wasn't great there. He started to leave a couple of balls up. They actually scratch across a run with their triple-A ball club because they traded Soto, they traded Bell, and I think even Nelson Cruz got the day off. Um, But no, he didn't. Uh, But DeGrom goes five, gives up that one run, three hits, zero walks, six Ks, 59 pitches. Unbelievable to have him back. He looked sharp. He looked a little rusty on some pitches, but that was the story. Uh, That was amazing. He threw curveballs, which I'm sure... uh, uh, Scherzer and both Scherzer and Bassett were super happy about for him to throw that curveball, especially first pitch to lefties. Uh, but after that, uh, right after he answered, that gives up that run. Lindor does it again. He ties it up with his 19th home run off Victor Arano in the sixth inning. Uh, ties it at one. That gets Jacob DeGrom off the hook for a loss because that would have been embarrassing. Um, so the once it was even... In steps Steven Nagosik. Uh, he immediately uh, surrenders two home runs on back-to-back pitches for three runs. Joey Menesis homers off Juan Lopez for his first career home run after getting his first career hit off DeGrom earlier. Um, Tyler Naquin, Guillaume single set up a rally in the seventh. Benito sacrifice bunts him over. Nimmo lines into a double play, and Guillaume is caught napping. I'm not sure what he was doing out there. But overall, it was a sloppy game, game two. Um, But it was a victory because we got back the best pitcher on the planet. He still looked super dominant. Uh, He said today that he felt pretty good coming back, just like he thought that he's going to start on normal rest. Very positive signs. But the Mets lose game two, five to one. Game two, uh, game two curses back in full force. That's my bad. Yeah, that's not my fault though. That's because I was at the ballpark. It's, it's I can, I can own up to that. I had to get it back in motion. We were losing the meme a little bit. We got to get it back. Yes. Uh, Degrom was absolutely electric to see in person. Uh, so much fun. Thank you to Amtrak for sending me and my my buddies over at Metsed Up to the game. Uh, seats were incredible. Uh, One hundred two off his arm looked like two hundred in person for sure. Did it? But it was zipping right to the plate. It was crazy. Cool. Um. Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia is kind of a nice little ball player for the Nets. Very sneaky. I agree. A lot I of good at bats. He, he had a good game in uh, Game Three as well. Put yeah, together. we're we're teasing the Nets because they got that AAA lineup now. Dude, and I mean, Bear, I'm telling you, Kyber Ruiz looks solid. Uh, Garcia, Yadiel uh, Hernandez looks yeah. pretty solid. Um, there are no Mets. There are no Braves. Uh, there are no Phillies. But they're they you got a you got some pieces. Tough day for the Mets bullpen. Uh, kind of made sense in retrospect why Nagosik and uh, Yohan Lopez were in this game because they're probably going to get demoted the next day. I still don't want to pitch in there. No, exactly. Offense. I think I you can want, you can I rationalize see Tommy it. Hunter at, at the minimum. I want to see Tommy Hunter. It was a tie ball game. Bring in your guys. You try to win a ball game. Um, I, I I just thought that was an error. It confused me in the moment, and then I rationalized it. But then I still was like. I don't really see not for me. Same reason. It's not a winning mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Same reason for bringing David Peterson in into a uh, positive ball game. They're just not ready for it. It's just, they haven't earned that spot, but uh, you know, and then uh, this discussion can go away if the Mets don't line into that double play that kind of kills their rally in the second. Yeah, you're a real, rare mental mistake of being not paying attention because he looked knew right where the, the position player was. The shortstop was right behind him. And he just kept going. Yeah. 
really bizarre. Uh, so yeah, the Mets offense kind of goes quiet in this one. Uh, I think they took the night to think about that because they came out with a head full of steam uh, in game three. They got to it pretty quick in the third inning off Anibal Sanchez. Pete Alonso, a couple home runs in the series. Both of them, he kind of like leaned down and got at like the bottom of the strike zone, which I thought was pretty interesting. This one's a two-run shot to center field. It goes all the way out there brings home Lindor who worked a good at bat prior to get a walk uh later on after a walk and error and then an intentional walk to Alonzo Daniel Vogelback my guy gets his first huge hit as a Met a grand slam to right field to make it six nothing first RBIs as a Met first home run big day for him love that he's been great in his 10 or 11 games with the Mets so far so you gotta root for that if you're you know worried about trades and stuff like that we'll talk about it we'll talk about it uh Guillaume gets his first career triple so good for him Nito doubles him home to make it seven nothing uh Nimmo single sets up a Marte RBI ground out it's eight nothing Mets they're cruising all the all along the way Chris Bassett is dazzling on the mound he was really handling the Nationals got three big double play balls that weaved him in and out of rallies seven shutouts innings six hits one walk four strikeouts 94 pitches a spotless outing for bassett uh really love to see that love to see more trevor may back on the mound for a scoreless eighth inning he's back off the injured list haven't seen him since april he looked pretty sharp fastball sat around 90 92 but topped out at 95 so you like to see that mets are going to work him back into i think more high leverage situations as we go along and then the other debut kind of uh michael givens didn't have such a good uh, first go with the mets uh really didn't get a chance to settle in i thought it was pretty interesting he was pitching the day after he got traded i thought maybe they would have waited for the brave series uh they decided to use him here uh surrenders home runs to keeper for wheeze and lane thomas and three more two out singles he was one out away for quite a while just couldn't quite get it so seth lugo has to come in and get the final out to halt to the five run rally in the ninth inning that the nationals put together uh the mets won this one nine to five they go just three for 17 with runners in scoring position so they could have run up that score a whole lot more they leave nine men on base uh, but Vogelbach has the big day for the Mets. Uh, they get another series win. They have yet to lose a series this season to a sub-500 team, and they're 29-9 and after losing a game this season. So they continue to just bounce back, figure out what went wrong the night before, and uh, make sure they bring it the next day. So a big series win, one that they should have gotten. You would have liked to see a better performance in game two. But ultimately, you took two of three, and as Jay says very often, that's what you need to do when you're on the road. That's it. Yeah, they went five and one on the road trip against very nice. uh, you know inter-division inter opponents. A couple of things. There's a lot from this game that I like. Bassett was really good. He threw 75% strikes. Wow. The average is like 60. He threw 74.5% strikes. That is doing what you got to do, knowing your competition. They're filled with a bunch of guys. Uh, you have an amazing defense behind you. He talked about in a post-game interview that he thinks that Guillaume has the best glove in the big leagues. Like the best glove. Because Chris Bassett doesn't sound like a guy that would exaggerate that kind of thing. Chris, Chris Bassett does not speak in hyperbole. He's played with a platinum glove winner in Matt Chapman at third base. Didn't say his arm, his range. He said his glove, just to clarify. But I agree. Guy is doing amazing things. Second, third, shortstop if need be. Uh, incredible. Three double plays, as you said. But Bassett filled up the zone. I still think, I still know that he has another level because he could punch those guys out. Um, he only had four strikeouts. Just not his best performance, much like, um, much like Scherzer in game one but you just know how to get people out. Uh, that's one. The first 
uh, home run by Pete Alonso. The it was a two two out. Francisco Lindor worked a walk, yep. which is huge because the Mets don't give up at bats. Followed by uh, a two run shot, incredible. Um, and then watching, uh, I think Vogelbeck is is awesome in a Mets uniform. Uh, he worked uh, worked the count and just hit a home run. Like his first one's a grand slam. That was lovely. Uh, Michael Givens, I'm not worrying about. I like getting your guys when you trade for them right into the ball game. Okay. Get them in. Get them like get it get it out of the way. Don't let them think about like oh I haven't debuted yet. Just get them in the game. You know, uh, obviously it didn't go well, but those games are hard to pitch in. Nine nothing. Like it's not fun. He didn't pitch great. Um, but you know what it is, what it is. Lugo again looked awesome. His curveball was nasty, throwing good. Uh, so that's good. And then return of Trevor May. It's awesome. You know, like you said, his velo wasn't there, but he had really good feel for his changeup. Uh, slider was solid. Uh, you got to be happy. Got to be happy. They win nine five, two out of three, heading home for a big series. Yes, business taken care of. I think the big, uh, larger, overarching arcs of Degrom back and May back are huge for the Mets. Uh, May Connie- back. Nice. Those complete accents. May back music. Bring it back, baby. Bring May back. That's what we need. And he's back. Um, kind of overshadowed, though, by some trade deadline news. Uh, a lot of Mets fans had a lot of opinions. Yeah. Um, do you want to you want to do apples before we get in? Yeah. That? You know what? Before we before we address, because I know you guys are dying to hear it at this point. Yeah. Egg them on for about 20 minutes now. Uh, let's do the apple first. The yeah. apple of our eye. So this is tough for me. Oh, the apple's tough. I want to say Jeff McNeil game three had three doubles his first or his second three multi, three extra base hits. I think I forgot games. to put that in the outline. Whoops. Um, yeah, three doubles today. So that's that's Jeff McNeil getting hot. But oh, my yeah. apple goes to Brandon Nimmo. Very Brandon nice. Nimmo. He did a couple of things. First of all, offensive. Yeah, apple is my apple. Hey, come on. Let's come give on. him a round of applause. Come on. Let's go. So he went seven for 12, had the double, two runs scored. He had a walk, which was nice. Um, On top of that, seven for 12, incredible. Getting on base, making things happen at the top. He made some really good plays in the outfield. One was incredible, uh, and it was the game losing. It was in in the second game. Right. He made this diving catch, like, behind him. Incredible play. The guy has turned it up another notch in center field. And it just is kind of indicative of who the Mets are. They play 27 outs on offense, on defense. They will make you beat them. They will not beat themselves. They will not take a game off. They will not take an at-bat off, a playoff. Very impressive. Brandon Nimmo is the apple of my eye. Very, very nice. Yeah, Nimmo snapped out of his slump in a very big way. It looks like he's finally getting back to normal now, which we love. Still only the one walk. It was nice to see that walk kind of refreshing, but still seven for 12. You take that to the bank for sure. A lot of singles, but Nimmo's getting on base, and that's what we like. But a lot of great offensive performances across the board. Lineup's been hot. Uh, Lindor goes three for 11, two homers, four RBI, three runs, two walks, just stuffing the stat sheet. Pete Alonzo, two, three for 11, double, two homers, three RBI, four runs, three walks. Good for Alonzo. Uh, McNeil, you mentioned before, six for 12. He had a great series. Um, but I got to give mine to Jacob DeGrom. 
I, it wasn't, you know, it's not going to be the greatest stat line you see all year. I'm happy you did, and I didn't have to because it's very, you know, Homer-ish with me being a pitcher. One of us has to, and you know what? I was going to take ownership of it one way or the other. Uh, DeGrom goes five innings, one earned run, six Ks, no walks, three hits. Um, but he was out there, and it was really nice to see after 13 months. He was out there, and he was smiling. Uh, he really recognized the Mets fans that showed up in droves for that game. That was probably 70-30 Mets fans and Nats, uh, Nats fans. Um, and it was just, after, he only threw 59 pitches. I feel like maybe he had a sixth in him, but you know what? Be careful, be cautious. No reason to rush him back. Mets say that they might push into six innings, uh, in his Sunday start against Atlanta, but DeGrom is just special. Uh, that one Oh two fastball, that slider, that changeup that he threw to Nelson n- Cruz through 95 slider. He threw a slider at 95. It's yeah. like, you almost forget that he can do that. Cause you haven't seen it in person for so long. Uh, and then Scherzer was definitely in his ear, like you said, about those first inning curveballs. Gary mentioned that on the broadcast today. Uh, but DeGrom looks like he's partly reinventing himself and partly doing what he does best. And it was an absolute joy to watch him in person. So he gets the apple of my eye. I love it. So nice to see him back. It's so good for baseball. It's so good. This is, yeah, this is this is what we needed. So you want to get into the deadline, the trade stuff? Let's talk about it. Can I just get, can I get a raw grade from you? A grade. I don't want to give a grade. I don't want to give a grade. No, no, no? I don't. Because it's not, I, it's, I'm not grading on that same scale. I'm not grading on what he did, how he traded. Okay. Because if you got a good player, your, your grade's going to be higher. You know what I mean? Yeah. The team. So here's everybody. I, and I wanted, David Robertson didn't get him. That's disappointing. That's why it's not an easy A for me. Didn't get him. I love, I love Darren Ruff and Daniel Vogel back together. I love it. Ruff kills lefties. He has for a long time. The Giants found him and he's a gem. He's a good clubhouse guy. Vogel back. You've already seen what he's capable of doing and he's facing righties. He extends that lineup. He's, he fits right in with Canna and, and Nimmo and those guys in the middle. It's awesome to see. Um, you got Michael Givens, who, uh, despite what you saw, uh, is a very solid person. Uh, who else? Did we get one more person? Uh, we got Ruff. We got Givens. Oh, Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin. There you go. That is an upgrade. Uh, and then on top of that, there, here, here's here's where I'm at. Uh, you're got, you just got Trevor May back. You are going to get Tyler McGill back. And if lefty's a thing, I think so Tyler McGill in the bullpen is a freaking weapon. Like I, that to me is going to be a difference maker in the bullpen uh, for the run. If he, if, if the way I envision it happening, he is going to be an integral part of a championship run. Like I see it. He's going to show he's going to be in major high leverage situations and he's going to be electric. Um, And then for all intents and purposes, you might even get a special appearance by Joey Lucchese, a lefty. He's coming off Tommy John. You don't know what you're, you're, you know, they're capable of what you're going to see, but he might be a thing. And Jolie Rodriguez has been still good against lefties. He just hasn't been great. So 
So there's a lot to take away, I think, is what you're getting at there. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at the team. Like, we're a full day removed now. Look at your team and be happy. I know the Padres' wick got great. I think I'm a little shaky on some of the Braves' acquisitions. Like, they got they got rid of Will Smith. That's weird to me. Um, the Phillies got better. Uh, they got Noah Syndergaard, which will be interesting. Uh, but – I still like the team we have. We got DeGrom back. Like, I like it. I still like us. I think the important takeaway is you were 26 games over 500 with the team you had before you added all these guys. So as much as it would be very nice to have Wilson Contreras in the in the two or add David Robertson as the eighth inning guy, uh, these guys got you here in the first place. Um, I think the Mets knew that the DH production was one of the worst in the league and the offense went through a real slump, and they knew that they couldn't let that happen against tougher competition. And Darren Ruff, whose numbers are good on the year, but they're even better when you take out his like slow May, like since May or slow April, excuse me, since May he's been very good. Uh, Dan Vogelbach, we've already seen the production from him in eleven games. Um, Michael Givens is having a great season. I think his audition didn't go well, but I think he's a piece that you add another great middle reliever. The Mets have a really good collection of middle relievers. Adam Onavito really stepped into the eighth inning role. And I think that we can comfortably have him land there. And then I think exactly what you were alluding to before, look at, you know, look at what the Braves did. The Braves did get Rysel Iglesias moments before the deadline. Other than that, they were relatively quiet. The Phillies, they got Noah Syndergaard, but you know, Noah Syndergaard dodged us when he was with the angels. You know, he, they, he rested out of that series. Maybe he doesn't want to face us. Who knows? Who knows? It's all, we're just, you know, speculating here. Uh, but David Robertson, I think going to the Phillies is the one that irked me the most. I think. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, he just got a save tonight versus the Braves. So it, is he on our team or is I don't he... know. He's helping out. <laughs> He's helping out. Look, I, I understand like Chapin would have been nice. But that didn't happen. But I like what Epler said. I like that he's like, look, I, there's a price out there, and I wasn't willing to overpay. I like our team. Uh, I didn't want to give up anything. I didn't think it was worth it. And I don't know prospects like that. Um, so, you know, we weren't ever going to get Juan Soto. So that's a thing. Uh, maybe Hater would have been really cool. Um that would have been like amazing. He went, but that, that I didn't even think was possible. So I don't know. I, think I mean, fine. Yeah. I like our team that we have right now. I like the Mets roster. I still think it's, I still think it's a world series caliber team. Yeah. I don't, if you're a fan and don't let this deter you from enjoying the rest of the season, because they're going to continue to be good. They've been good all season. Um, Epler and Co. and, you know, they've all been preaching sustainability since the start of this regime. And it would be, I think, foolish to preach that and then act a different way just months later um, in sort of a reactionary sense. The Mets really like their guys. And you know what? I kind of I really like their guys, too. I really like everything I see uh, from the farm system. Not all of them will become superstars. That's just a fact of how prospects work. But I think the more you keep in the bank, the better your odds are. So I think the Mets are just trying to keep things looking towards the future. They still have that monumental budget of Steve Cohen. It's not like they're not going to continue to spend uh, and look for more fun offseason moves. But right now, keep your focus on 2022. This is a good team. It's a good team. I do think they overpaid for Ruff. Like, look, they get Ruff this year. 
they get him for next year for like three and a half million. And then they have another year option right. uh, and a buyout. So he's, he's, he's going to be part of the Mets for a while. They gave up Zipucky, who I think can be a piece somewhere. Uh, J.D. Davis leaves. And then I've seen people really high on both pitchers that left. Again, not my comfort zone, but I do know that this team got better. Um, I'm not too familiar with Carson Seymour. I do know Zwak uh, is having a great season. Um, he was a late, like, 17th-round draft pick for the Mets that they really dug out and hey, found. hey. I was a 17th round draft. Hey, so, were you so really? take it easy. Yeah, hey. take it easy on us. Hey, I, I was preaching about this guy. I'm saying he's really good. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, Cubs yeah, found he's... something in you, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do agree that four players was a little alarming, especially with nothing else coming back. But again, you know, the Mets knew the guy that they wanted from the right-hand side. Apparently, they might have not liked something with J.D. Martinez, whether it was the price or his recent production. I don't know what it'll be, but rough is a pretty good cost efficient move. I think they really like Daniel Fogelback. Yeah. And I think they like having versatility in the DH spot because then you can give Alonso a breath. You can give uh, Lindor a day here and there. You know what I mean? Like if you have JD Martinez, he has to be your DH every day to make it worthwhile. And I think this, this iteration of the roster has flexibility. You know, Darren Ruff is not going to be great in the outfield if, if and when he does have some, but it's J.D. Davis cannot play anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, he And he's not Kyle Schwarber from the left side. So I don't, I didn't, you know, would he have made the team better? Yeah, but I actually like this. If things work out, all things being equal, the way it's, I like this iteration because it's more versatility. Yeah, and in our, in our PPPs with J.D. Davis and Dom Smith, we really liked the idea of them, you know, one of them coming to fruition or taking the role, but also the platoon was always kind of part of the Mets' plan. And I'm glad that they're still sticking to their guns. They feel like this is something that can work. They just need the right pieces to fit into the puzzle, and those pieces weren't J.D. Davis and Dom Smith. And that's a tough pill to swallow, but they made the appropriate moves to, you know, allocate the resources to that position. So I think that once we start really seeing the production out of guys like Ruff, and like I think Naquin's a great piece too because now you can platoon Canna, and they've already opted to platoon Giorme and Escobar. So you're kind of like doing a Tampa Bay Rays approach here a little bit where you have a different lineup every day, but you're putting guys in the best position. Hey you're keeping guys fresh you know yes. they're, they're they're getting up there and Guillaume's never played this much before and he still looks sharp he still does you know he had a little bit of a lull offensively but he's still doing his thing i i like it i like it the and the further away from the deadline i get the more i'm gonna like it but again it did like the padres scored a billion like on their trade deadline like they, hopefully they just lose in the wild card round like they got freaking Josh Bell. I would have been amazed if we got Josh Bell. Like for that would have been that would have been ideal for me. But he went with Juan Soto, and they got Josh Hader. Like bananas. Josh Bell is a throw-in is crazy. I know nobody's even saying like it's and Josh Bell. Yeah, he's having a great. He's year. gonna be like the Carlos Carrasco and the Lindor trade. You know, he's like the yeah. throw-in that's really good. Yeah, I mean it's wild. The, the Mets did not get a catcher, but they will get one back soon. James McCann is planning to join the team tomorrow from the injured list. His rehab assignment uh, went kind of weird. He went four for 17, seven strikeouts. Not great from the plate, but hopefully he comes up to the big league level and uh, is able to produce. The Mets are going to need him this final two months. They haven't been getting a lot of production out of the catcher spot. Nito had a couple nice hits in the series, but 
you know, it's kind of, it's time. I really do think it's time for somebody to just step up and fill out that nine hole a little bit better than we've been doing, but we'll see. We will see. It would be nice for McCann to not strike out all the time. Like that's really the one thing I'm like, dude, put it in play. Good things happen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the hard part for me. Um, but it, he is it, like Mazik has been playing pretty well, but behind the plate, it's all about our pitching staff and Nito and McCann have been great. So I am excited for his return. And uh, Billy Epler does did say that Francisco Alvarez is not going to be part of the plan. I think going forward, he said imminent right now. He said uh, right, right now. He's not saying later, but he did say September he's not called up today. I don't know, man. I wouldn't mind seeing him, uh, him, Viento, Spady again. I don't know what, what, they're gonna do but uh be cool to see the kids play if they kept them all you know if if Vogelback and Ruff play to their potential we don't have to worry about it exactly yeah those kids will not be appearing in the upcoming series with the Atlanta Braves the five gamer that we've been talking about since the bronze age Jerry do you want to tell <laughs> me who's facing off I do we have a big big five game series with the Atlanta Braves coming in at three and a half games behind your New York Mets starts out in game one cookie Carrasco coming off an epically good July where he went 30 innings with a 0.9 ERA incredible run Uh, he's going against Kyle Wright who's really come into his own he's at 13 and four with a 293 ERA they did not face Kyle Wright in the last series Cookie, as we said, had an incredible July where they only gave up three earned runs. Uh, Wright versus the Mets on the 3rd of May, January, February, March, April, May. Uh, (laughs) He went seven, gave up three earned runs, nine hits, a walk, only three Ks, got the big L. Uh, Matt Olson versus Cookie, five for eight with two home runs. Might want to pitch around that guy. And Nimmo versus Kyle Wright, three for 10 with a homer. Let's hope he continues his hot streak. That is game one. Game two, Taiwan Walker in his nine and two record with a two seven nine ERA, looking so good. Going up against Ion Anderson, uh, his nine and six e, uh, uh, record and a four nine nine ERA. He has struggled mightily since establishing himself as a big leaguer. Uh, Taiwan has slowed up in recent outings, only two two and zero with eleven and two thirds innings, six earned runs, fourteen hits, three walks, seven Ks, but. He talked about some things in his post game that I think he can correct. Anderson had his start of the season versus Arizona, but it went six, didn't give up any runs, uh, had nine punches. He looked like he righted the ship. We'll see. Austin Riley, the newly paid big man, young thick, as they call him on talking baseball. He is three for six with a homer off Taiwan. That is game two. Game number three, a doubleheader. This will be game one. Max Scherzer. Is seven and two and the two one three coming off his nice start in DC. We'll go up against the Battle of the Maxes. Max Greed, 10 and 3 with a 258 ERA. Scherzer versus Atlanta. The last time the Maxes faced off, he went seven, gave up one, struck out nine. Uh, since his return from the IL, he's gone 39 innings pitched with a 162 RA, 50 strikeouts and only six walks. Uh, in the game that we talked about, the Battle of Maxes, uh, Freed went. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's not what it is. Uh, this is Freed versus the Mets this year. He's one and one, 11 innings pitched, four earned runs, nine hits, five walks, 11 punchies. He tossed quality starts in seven of his last eight outings. Uh, 
that is game one of the doubleheader and game three overall. Game two of the doubleheader, game four overall is projected starter David Peterson. He's five and two with a 3.54 ERA. Going up against projected starter, newly acquired Jake Odorizzi. He's four and three with a 3.75, having a really good year in Houston. He comes over to start. Uh, Peterson hasn't started hasn't started for the Mets uh, in the big league since the 17th of July. Uh, Peterson versus Atlanta. He is one and one with a 10 and 10 and a third innings, five earned runs, 15 punchies looking pretty good. Odorizzi closed Houston's tenure with seven shutout innings versus the M's. I think he had only gone five innings in every other start up until then, uh, but he looked good against the Mariners. That is game two, game four overall. This is your finale, game five of the five-game set to decide, for now, the NL East. Jacob DeGrom, return of the GOAT. He is 0-0 with a 1.8 ERA going up against Spencer Strider, the newly gunslinger. He's the guy, Doc Holliday. That should be a fun duel. Both power arms. He's 6-3 and three with a 2.79 ERA. DeGrom looked good from in his return, throwing 100, no big deal. Strider approaches his innings limit, which is why I think they went and got Jake Odorizzi. Uh, he will have a tight leash. We think he's gone over six innings just once this season, uh, and it was his last start. That is your game five set. This is the whole shebang. This is the biggest series of the year because it's right now. I would not wish a five-game preview on my worst enemy. That looked like a lot. I'm proud of you. That was really that was good, fun. That was an all-time performance. And I didn't get to review it at all. That was a live read. That was uh, that was poetry. That was me. Uh, slam poetry, if you will. Uh, I'm pretty tired. I've had a long day. So I could have put anything there. You would have just And I need to eat. I haven't eaten dinner. It's 944. <laughs> we'll go quick. I promise. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. Uh, doubleheader. We kind of speculated on the projected pitchers. Those are the ones that make sense. The Mets might do something funky. We don't know. Scherzer might decide to pitch game two again. Who knows? But uh, I would like to see the maxes. Might not get the max off, but we'll see. Um, the max off? That's the funny. max off. Um, Austin Riley just signed that crazy extension, like you mentioned. I think it was like 10 years, 210 or something. Something like that. Good for him. Deserve it. Young, thick. He's phenomenal. MVP, perennial MVP candidate. He's going to be a threat pretty much every year. He's putting up crazy numbers uh, in July. Uh, Jacob Rizzi was acquired by the Braves uh, for Will Smith. Kind of a weird trade, um, but good trade in uh, with what you said for Spencer Schrider, how he's probably going to go back to the bullpen, I think. Yeah, I think they're going to, I think he's going to be their version of Tyler McGill, I think. But obviously with, it's going to be awesome. I think Tyler McGill is going to be so good. I'm so pumped. And Spencer Strider already was in the bullpen showing off. He's, he's electric, man. Uh, I'm your Huckleberry with that mustache. <laughs> uh, I like him a lot. I think he's going to, going to be good, but they're there. He's approaching that now. So they're going to put Odorizzi again, speculation in that rotation. They also got rid of our boy, Jesse Chavez. I know traded again. They traded back to Anaheim. All right. Did he go to the Cubs? I don't know where he, he was on Anaheim for a little bit, but he's the most traded player in MLB history, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, it's nuts. It's a crazy trade. I'm trade. gonna shoot him a text. Good dude. Uh they're gonna miss him, man. He's 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 a good piece. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Peter was pretty sad about that. Anthopolis gave him the middle finger on the way out. Hey, I mean, quick, quick listen, quick. if I can trade Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson for Reisel, I'm gonna do that every day. Quick, quick quiz. Uh 
flip me off real quick. Oh, you're the finger out, the thumb out. Do you okay. not do the thumb? I do. I, I do back and forth. I always feel like I'm trying to be Eminem with the thumb out. Mm, you okay, know, ever since you. ever since I've seen him do this my whole entire youth. If you thing. do double, it makes more sense, I think. That should be yeah, the thumbnail. But, just us but I think the like the solid just finger up is hilarious. Feels weird looks, to me. I think it looks funnier. Yeah. So like it seems more like fun loving. This is like, excuse my language. This means like fuck you yeah. with your thumb out. This means like go fuck yourself. This is I why know. I don't ask Jerry to do night episodes. He just starts <laughs> flipping me off and cursing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to put a, a a warning on this one yeah a little bit that'll be the thumbnail people will know if you saw that on youtube no you didn't yeah it's perfect right there it's perfect that'll be great right get demonetized. Get demonetized let's go ahead and, and save that maybe you just block it out yeah i'll do a bunch of blurs that'll be easy that'll be good i'm not gonna do that that's way too much work let me go eat some food yes jerry crying. go eat oh, i can't believe you haven't eaten yet your That's name crazy. is olive it's making me hungry i don't even like olives makes me want like a olives makes Ooh. me want a martini go get a drink with your dinner why not uh, right now if i had a drink first i'd be wasted oh really oh yeah empty oh, stomach empty there stomach you there you go especially yeah so all right guys uh we got five games to go through it's basically a division series set buckle up it's gonna be loud and long and fun this weekend and we're gonna see you again don't carry too much weight if it's if it's if it's uh, competitive, if the Mets blow it, uh, then you can get mad. But uh, this is I don't they're playing too good, man. So we'll. See. I expected to go three two towards one side. The Braves have a lot of pressure on them to show out, yeah. and the Mets don't have any pressure. But they don't they don't play down to their competition. They play Mets brand baseball. You saw it in Miami. You saw it in D.C. They just play good fucking baseball, man. So that's what I expect to see. And then after this, we get the Phillies for the first time in a while, and then another four-gamer in Atlanta. So we got plenty of games with the Braves coming up. Yep. This is a stretch. And you're going to see all their pitchers, all their hitters. Buckle up. It's going to be fun, though. All right. That's it. Buckle up. All right. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. out of here. We'll see you Monday, guys. Take care. Dinner time. Have fun. Don't be too stressed. We had a good trade deadline.